Just when you thought it was the end, we are back. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me is Ivis Galarsep. What's cracking, man? Nothing much, Garrett. It's uh, I know it's been a long time since we uh, since we were on, since we had a show. Uh, I, I will say it's been it's it's kind of been cool to to, to have so many of our listeners uh, reach out to us and and, mm-hmm. and 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 meet so many listeners. I mean, I've been on the road and. Uh, getting so many people asking me, where is the show? Where is the show? And I'm like, oh, I guess we got to have the show. I guess we got to bring the show back because people want to hear it. So <laughs> here we are. We're back. And hopefully we can get back on a on a steady routine and give the people what they want. You know, it's only been a month, but I, I feel like I got to shake off the rust, Ivis. You know, I did that open about 10 times. But I'm, I'm so rusty right now. Yes, you've lost your form. Let's be honest. <laughs> but, uh, we had, we had the, uh, at, at the end of the day, we had to bring the show back because we already started getting people uh, starting to call your fiance the Yoko Ono That's of the so- SBI show. So I'm sure you had to, you know, you had to defend her honor there and get back on the horse. That's so. Why? <laughs> I feel like this is it's you not- telling people. Hey, <laughs> listen, I'm not saying I disagree, but I, it wasn't me who said it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but you have changed a little. You're getting all domesticated. Oh, stop you're, it. You're going to bed early. That's you're not playing- true. You're planting gardens. Anyone who follows you on Twitter has already seen the tra- the transformation of Garrett from from wild partying, fun loving Garrett to sitting at home on the couch, uh, you know, planting his uh, vegetables. Yeah, we we have potatoes and snow peas. I don't know what happened, Ivis. Oh. I don't even know you anymore. What happened? I, I don't know. We have, we have to change the name this, of the show. Is, I am like a good example for all twenty somethings who are single. You know, listening to this show. Like this is what will happen to you. You find a girl, you'll settle down, and then the person you knew totally disappears. And so that's, I told you, that's the funny thing, and anyone who listens to the show knows I told you this would happen. And you <laughs> didn't want to believe me, but it happens to all of us, my friends. Welcome to the cult. Well, look, the, the reality is, though, is that my girlfriend is not Yoko Ono at all. I was, our schedules, you know, I've, I've changed, which has made it a little more difficult, but... Um, you know, we're back, we're going to try to get on a more consistent schedule so it's not crazy worth our hours, and... Uh, and we'll get two hundred more, two hundred more shows. That that's the plan. Hopefully, hopefully we can pull it off. Yes, which you know, two hundred shows at this pace, you know, it'll probably take us five years to get to that. Oh yeah, we're gonna have one <laughs> show a month, folks. So just I hate to break it to you, but we're gonna do one a month now. All right. Well, I was uh, since we've taken a month off from from the show, uh, there is plenty to talk about. I mean, the last time we had a show was when we had um, Dougie Mac on the show, which was almost a month ago when the U.S. was playing Denmark. I mean, that that seems like ten years ago at this point. Yeah, the US, actually, I think Bob Bradley was the coach last time we had a show. I don't even know. It's been a while. It's been a while. But uh, before we get to the national team, I know everyone wants, everyone wants to hear about USA Mexico, which you know I was down I was down in San Antonio for that. Uh, first things first, we got to talk MLS. Uh, of course, a couple of weeks gone by, but pretty good week to talk about. So let's go. Yes, and and look, we'll kick it off right now with the New York Red Bulls. Obviously, they return home. They defeat the San Jose Earthquakes 2-0. Sasha Kleschen scores his first goal um, for New York. And look, if you started the season, Ivis, and said, you know, there's going to be one undefeated team left, I mean, I think you'd be hard-pressed to say it's going to be the New York Red Bulls. But, I mean, Ivis, New York, so far, first in the Eastern Conference. You know, they, they looked, they're continuing to continuing to impress as the weeks go by. I mean, New York looks like a very sound and solid team right now. That they do. They look, they're playing very well. Jesse Marsh has them organized. The, the 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 high press system that they're playing is really taking it to opponents. And and look, they haven't played a murderer's row uh, of opponents to start the season. But but they, you know they've done they've done pretty well for themselves. I mean they haven't lost yet. 
Uh, obviously, they got DC twice. Uh, they were able to come back in DC. They were they were, they were able to beat Columbus. I mean, there's some decent results there for them. Uh, but you know, we want to see them against some tougher competition to really get a sense of are they a legitimate title contender? Because right now, you could argue that between them and Vancouver, uh, two of the top teams in the league mm-hmm. so far, based on what we've seen this season, but. We need to see them against stiffer competition. You know, I feel like every year we say the same thing about FC Dallas, where they start really strong with a pretty light early schedule. But guess what, folks? Red Bull schedule gets really gets tougher. Next week they play the LA Galaxy, and and I think that's where we we'll really get a good sense of just where they stand. But you know what? So far so good. The Jesse Marsh experiment is going really well. The Ali Curtis experiment for all the hand-wringing about Mike Pecky uh, being let go and, and and totally fair hand-wringing because it was a bit of a shock decision. Mm-hmm. Right now, Red Bull's owners are looking pretty good for the move that they made. Of course. Uh, I mean, winning helps mask everything. But when you, when you watch New York Red Bulls, Ivis, I mean, a totally different team um, that we saw even last year with Mike Pecky. I mean, what are you seeing out of New York that has, been a, that has allowed them to, to get off to this hot start? I mean, I just think they're trying to play like a real organized brand of soccer. I mean, they really there's a structure. Uh, there's you know like seems like kind of a passing system where it was all a bit freelance in in the uh, prior to this year. It was all a bit hey get it to Henri and let him work some magic and 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 let let's you know let's buzz around the field. But you really couldn't get a sense of what the structure was. And when you watch this team now, you really get a sense of of of, of a organized organized kind of system. And and that, you know no knock on on. Uh, on the previous regimes, but that you really you can see that you can see how the midfield works. You can see uh, it's just a, a it's just a more balanced group too because it's not a case of relying on one or two people. Uh, you know, every, everyone's kind of every everyone has a role to play and everyone ha- has a responsibility. And right now, it, it's not leaning on an Henri, it's not leaning on a Cahill. It's getting the ball around to Kleshton, Dax McCarty, Felipe, Lloyd Sam. Lloyd Sam has stepped up and he's played really well. You obviously still have Bradley Ray Phillips doing his thing up top, but the balance that they have is, is impressive. And to, are are they an MLS Cup contender yet? I'm not ready to say that. I still think they lack a bit of that star power that you need. Need. You need. I th- feel like you need that guy that you can turn to. And is Bradley Phillips going to be that guy? We'll see. We'll see uh, uh, as the season goes on. But for right now, they're playing really well. Uh, the, the other team, on the other hand, San Jose. I was so, throw so far through seven games. They, they've won three. They've lost four. But when you look at the San Jose schedule, uh, FC Dallas, Seattle, New England, Real Salt Lake, Vancouver Whitecaps, and New York Red Bulls. Yes, you have the Chicago Fire in there. But, I mean, if you're San Jose and, and you started off the season and you looked at your schedule, you have six out of seven games, very tough games. You're three and four. You're right in the thick of the Western Conference. I mean, you have to be pretty happy so far with your start to the season. I mean, they were, look, two things. One, they were terrible. Uh, against well, the yeah, Red okay, Bulls. against New York, they were terrible. Wait, wait, I'm saying wait, overall, overall there. as a whole. I'm, 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 they've had some. Look, as a they've whole. had some good results. I mean, they've had so, uh, for a team that no one even had, like not many people had even in the playoffs. For them to beat a Seattle and, and look good doing it, and then you know for them to beat a Vancouver, uh, a, a result that not not many people would have seen. Uh, it, it makes you kind of turn your head a bit. But again, they have Dom Kinnear. He's one of the best coaches in the history of the league. He's going to get you some results. That being said, they're not a pretty team to watch. They're still a team that's a bit of a work in progress. Are they exceeding expectations a bit? Sure, sure they are. But are they a team that's going to, over the course of a season, be a legitimate top team in the West or a playoff contender? I don't see that. I still think they're missing uh, some pieces there. And uh, obviously, against the Red Bulls, Wondolowski didn't start. 
he came on in the second half and he did provide some uh, a, a bit of energy for them later in the match. But I don't know, man. I just feel like they're missing something there. I, I don't I don't see them as a playoff team. I think having the new stadium is going to help them, and I think obviously having Kinnear there is going to help them grind out some results that that you know maybe the, the the earthquakes of last year wouldn't have. But that being said, I still don't know if it's going to be enough, especially in the tough Western Conference. And heading out to the West Coast in the L.A., the Galaxy defeated Sporting Kansas City Omar Gonzalez with a goal at the end of the game. And uh, for L.A. Galaxy, obviously, it's a huge result for them. Uh, last week, they defeated Seattle Sounders. You know, they were coming off back-to-back losses against D.C. and Vancouver. So L.A. is starting to heat up. And uh, and Sporting Kansas City men's dive is still trying to find their foot in the Western Conference. But, but a good result overall for L.A. Galaxy. No, no doubt. I mean, when you look at the Galaxy coming into that game, you don't have Robbie Keane. You don't have Omar Gonzalez in your starting lineup. You don't have Jassy Zaris in your starting lineup. And once again, uh, in what has kind of been a trademark of Bruce Arena's time as coach in MLS, at least for me that I've seen in the past decade, uh, he finds a way to win with, with these lineups uh, that are missing uh, quite a few stars. And and, and he, he's done it time and time again, even mm-hmm. with the Red Bulls. Uh, you know, he could put out... He could put out a, a bare bone squad, missing missing all of his best players, and they and they find a way to win, and that's uh, that for me is a, is is the, the the trademark of a of a good coach and a trademark of a good club, and and I think they showed that. Obviously, bring being able to bring on an Omar Gonzalez and a Justice Arce yeah. second half of the game is pretty nice, um, but still to have uh, you know guys like Tommy Meyer, Bradford Jamison in the starting lineup and and do pretty well. I mean, that, that that just shows kind of the kind of depth that they could end up having. As far as Sporting Kansas City goes, obviously I feel like they're still reeling from the loss of Ike Opara, uh, losing him to torn Achilles. I mean, that is a huge, huge blow for them because he, he was playing out of his mind. Yep. You could argue he'd been the best defender in the league through the first six weeks. And uh, and and you're just it, – it's such so tough to replace him. And also from a psychological standpoint, when you realize – He's the guy who's really been leading our defense, anchoring our defense, and now he's gone. And, you know, no offense to Kevin Ellis, but to go from a part of Kevin Ellis is a big drop-off. So I think they're, 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 they're going to struggle. But I still think as a team, I, I, I like Casey. And and even with that that big loss, I still think they're going to be a contender. But I think can they Opara, Can they make the playoffs still? I think they can still make the playoffs. But, you know, with Opara, I had them being as kind of a surprise team who could break in into the top three and maybe even push – uh, in LA or Seattle, I really saw that. I really saw them as that dark horse, and 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 uh, obviously Dom Dwyer isn't scoring. He's not finishing his chances, and 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 I, I felt once he started to once he got broke out of this post marriage funk, uh, he he you know th- th- things would get going for them. But now they lose a part. So now I think I think unless they go in the summer and sign a a, a quality big center back. Uh, I think making the playoffs is the goal right now. I really do. I really think that that it's that big of a loss for them to lose Agapar. And for LA, uh, after going through four matches without a win, now obviously this is now back to back wins uh, for LA. And as you mentioned before, I mean they're doing it without their star players. And I mean once again, LA showing the depth that they have. And and you know look when LA's rolling, obviously when they have these subs coming in, I mean LA's such a tough team to beat. They get add Robbie Keane back. It's in mean, LA man starting to get things going right now. Right. I mean, coming into the year, obviously, you had them in Seattle pegged uh, as the top teams. And it, it was funny because, uh, you know, there, there were some people who questioned uh, the rankings for these teams uh, once we were about a month into the season. Uh, people were like, well, why is L.A. still ranked high? Why is Seattle oh still God. ranked high? And it's like, listen, because they're that good. Just because, you know, the results aren't going their way. You still look at their squads and you know 
they're gonna wake up. You know, they're gonna turn it around. Like yeah. it, it's not a, it's not a stretch to say, hey, look, yeah, we know L.A. L.A. had some tough results at the beginning of the year. You know, they tied Portland. They had an ugly uh, tie against Houston that you probably could say they could have won. Then they go to D.C. missing most missing a ton of guys and they lose there. And then you lose to Vancouver, get totally dominated by Vancouver. So when you when you get to that stretch, you're like, where is this MLS Cup winning team that we were expecting? And it, you know what? In MLS, everybody has these slumps. Everybody has these kind of. Uh, stretches where the results aren't going their way, and for for L- this LA team now two straight uh, wins against tough competition. I think we're starting to see them roll, and I am definitely looking forward to being at Red Bull Arena for that Galaxy Red Bulls match because that is going to be it's going to be fun to watch on so many levels. And that game in New York will be played on Sunday, April twenty sixth. Speaking of New York, Portland went in and defeated NYC. FC 1-0, picking up a huge victory, only their second win uh, on the season. I was both of these teams, you can almost lump them in the same boat where expectations are a little bit higher for them than where they currently are in the standings. Uh, but for Portland to walk away with, with, with a victory over New York, I was, this is a huge, 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 huge result for them. Uh, this is absolutely a big result for, for the Timbers, especially coming off of last week where they were really outplayed and uh, beaten at home by Orlando City. Uh, it, it was a, it was a, it's not must win. It's it's April, but it, it was it was the kind of win that that you need to kind of turn things around, and mm-hmm. and, and things are starting to kind of look up for Portland now. I mean, when you it, it's it's it was easy with some of the results early in the season to kind of to kind of write them off a bit when they when they start off winless in four, uh, three straight draws. You're like, oh, this is this is like this is like 2014 all over again. But now they won two, two out of three. They they. Uh, Diego Valeri and Will Johnson have just returned to practice for them, mm-hmm. and and that that's obviously got to be a, a confidence booster for them, knowing that their two stud midfielders are, are, are on the comeback trail. And to go into New York and, and and get a win is big. And even look, I know New York City was missing all their their, their top guys. They're missing David Villa, Mix Discrude. Um, they, they they're missing Jason Christ pointed out they were missing five players. Um, but it's still a big win because to travel across the country. It's not always easy uh, to get to get a result when you're traveling, you know, coast to coast and and, and everything that 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 entails. But a uh, big win for Portland, uh, and, and this might be what sparks them. And and for people who look at the results and say, eh, there's we're still not sure. Uh, it is interesting to note. I, I mentioned in my gold dot com piece that dropped this morning. It, they have nine points in seven match, nine points from seven matches. Now that's not a huge, amazing total, but think about last year. Through seven matches, they had four points. So it's a bit it, from that standpoint. You realize last year they missed the playoffs by one point. Now they're in a much better run, and they still don't have Diego Valeri back, arguably the best playmaker in MLS. Will Johnson's on his way back. They're captain. So I tell you what, man, things are things are looking up. There's definitely signs. There's reasons for optimism if you're Portland. Last year it took Portland till May 11th to get nine points. So was that three weeks? Ahead, three weeks ahead of schedule. Yeah, uh, but when you look at Portland, though, I was. Um, you know, having these guys being able to step up, you know, and now you're going to get your star players back. I mean, I mean, to me, this only seems beneficial to Portland. You know, as we get into July, as we get into August, where you're, you know, you're going to have to dog out victories, you're going to have to struggle to be able to get three points. I mean, for Portland, I think this is going to be huge for them that these guys, that a lot of this, a lot of players on the team are getting valuable playing time right now, and they're delivering at the same time. I mean, you're getting two huge bonus points right there. And then once you get your stars back, I mean, I was, I think Portland's going to start to, you know, a few months kind of really get rolling and really kind of be a dominant team in the Western Conference. Well, it's a sign of a good team, and, and that was kind of the theme uh, theme of my piece that I wrote uh, for Gold, is that 
you know, you look at the track record in the history, uh, recent history of MLS, um, the, all teams go through these stretches where they're missing uh, top guys, whether it's one game, whether it's a stretch of games, uh, international call-ups, injuries. Uh, but but the good teams find a way to win even when their stars are not in the lineup. And and I, I mentioned Bruce Arena and the Galaxy. They, they, they've they done it for years where, you know, whether it's Landon Donovan, David Beckham, Robbie Keane, they'll be missing their best guys. Do they still find a way to win? And when you looked at Portland last night, they found a way to win. And, uh, you know, for, for Caleb Porter, he was happy, man. He, he was a happy guy. And uh, it's an interesting note from this match. That was uh, Caleb Porter's first win against Jason Christ. And as much as he tried, as much as he tried, and look, as much as he tried to play it off, like he had no idea, he knew. And he was, uh, to quote, to quote Porter, it's always good to get a, to get a monkey off your back. And and he did that. And, uh, it was good to catch up with Porter, uh, for the first time since tissue gate, which, uh, went down during the SBS show hiatus. And for those who don't, I'm sure everyone by now knows what happened, uh, or, uh, Portland beat FC Dallas. Oscar Pereja at the post match, what should have been the post match handshake, tried to hand Caleb Porter a tissue, basically implying that he was a crybaby. And then Caleb Porter, in classic fashion, just laughs it off, grabs, uh, it tells Pereja, look at the scoreboard, and then takes the tissue and just tosses it in the oh, air. Oh, yeah, the tissue toss was the best part. It was, it was, so, it was, it was so casual. It was, cla- it, it was so classic. But what's funny is, uh, you know, it, this whole thing, you know, how, how these things turns in, turned in and into these kind of mythical moments. Uh, everyone just assumed, just trying to like read the lips that, that what Caleb Porter said was look at the scoreboard, bitch. <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and I read the scoreboard. I, I mean, I read his lips. I know, I know, I know how Caleb talks. I knew that's not what he said, but it was just a much better story if you just go with that. But then I then I asked him last night. I'm like, listen, what did you say? You didn't say bitch. Did you? you said man. He said, yeah, I said man. I said, all right. Uh, uh, that's not as good a story. But oh, uh, Is he know. really going to tell you? Nah, it, it, look, I, 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 <laughs> I know the guy really well. And, and you can, if you read, if you watch his lips and you, you know how he talks, you knew he said man. Now, that being said, someone in Portland should still have made – uh, or probably is in the process of making look at the scoreboard bitch t-shirts. And I tell you what, if they do hook it up for me, I'll, I'll get one. Cause that, you, that, well, that was just such the, a S- the, the SBI show wants royalties. If you do, nah, we, we gave you, we gave you the creative idea behind that. I'm sure it's already in the works, but, uh, <laughs> but no, look, Portland, they, they, I, you know, I, I said it coming into the season, man, I, I think they're going to be a good team. And when you look at some of the uh, players that have stepped up, like you said, I mean, Aspria, Obviously, he scored the winner last night. He's been he's been fun to watch. Uh, George Foshive, the UConn midfielder who has stepped into the breach when you're missing a Will Johnson, when you're when Ben Zemanski gets lost for the year, and you're and Jack Jewsbury's getting a concussion, uh, and you need someone to play defense midfield. He's stepped in. He's done well. So Portland, they, they're going to be all right. And you know what? Their fans continue to bring the noise. They were at Yankee Stadium. They brought a nice group to Yankee Stadium. Yeah, there was a, there was a good number of people there last night for the Timbers. Yeah, I mean, think about man to travel across the country uh, and represent like they did. And actually, they outsang the NYCFC fans at the start of the match. It kind of woke them up. They kind of the third rail, the NYCFC supporters group. You could kind of tell they were like, "Holy crap! These they came to sing! Like we gotta we gotta wake up now!" And and so it, it helped spark the, it, the the what was a pretty good atmosphere on a Sunday night. And and one thing I will say about NYCFC now that we've had a few weeks of games, uh, a few games at Yankee Stadium now, uh, they're doing pretty well, man, in terms of of, of the attendance and, and the people uh, really kind of buying in. Uh, and I know that was a big question mark with NYCFC. Are people going to come? Do they have fans? Are people going to care? 
And I've always said it, man. You get I've said it for as long anyone who's followed me for a long time knows I've said it. You put a team in New York City proper, you're gonna have soccer fans in the in in New York City and the five boroughs are gonna come support it. And so far they've done that. And even though the results aren't aren't there right now, I mean they've they're they're winless in five. Uh I think it's promising. I think it's promising the the fact that you do have uh, fans turning out so far on a consistent basis. Now that being said, they need to start getting some results. Uh, they need Via David Via to get back on the field. They need Frank Lampard to get here and and maybe go get that third DP as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know what, there is a chance there to do something really good and and really start packing Yankee Stadium on a regular basis. And I'd say right now, aside from the results, it's it's been it's been a pretty good start for NYCFC. Yeah, and, and you, exactly, I agree with you on that. When you look at New York expansion team. You know they're they're still right there in the, in the you know the middle of the Eastern Conference play, playoff stand, standings, excuse me. And then you add Frank Lampard in about a month or two, Ivis. I, I think New York will. I think they're in a good place right now. I I, I agree. I mean, I would say my my question mark is they need another goal scorer. Um, that Nemich, you kind of still don't know what is he going to be someone who's reliable. Uh, I think some of their other guys are getting that opportunity to show something. Kyrie Shelton, Patrick Mullins. I mean, I think these guys need to step up and show that they can carry the load. And uh, I thought it was interesting talking to Kyrie Shelton last night, the exciting rookie. I know people uh, have been impressed by him early on in the season. Now, look, coming into the into the into the season, coming into his rookie year, there were question marks. Um, well, going into the draft, there were question marks about his finishing because Lord knows the guy has the physical tools. Uh, he's a specimen. He's got that size-speed combination, you, you, and and you really see him as a potentially exciting attacking player. But one of the questions for the scouts was the is finishing. Is his finishing good enough? Um, obviously, NYCFC thought it was good enough to put to take him second. I actually asked him about that. I was like, so hey, is your finishing a concern? Do you still need to work on that? Is that is that still something that you know coming into the into MLS that you still need to work on? And he, you know what? Give him credit, man. The kid's confident even after missing some big chances last night. He said, "Look, I'm a finisher. I can finish. I just need to, you know, he just needs to make it happen. So we'll see if uh, if Shelton can do that because if he can score, if he can start showing that he can score some goals, then you know what? Maybe this NYCFC team is uh, doesn't have to wait around for another forward to come along." Uh, well, moving out to Texas, Dallas defeated Toronto FC three to two in a crazy game that was delayed for seemed like an eternity uh, due to lightning. Uh, Fabian Castillo gets has a brace in this game, scores twenty nine seconds into the game, and Dallas Ives is up comfortably three zero. You're looking to cruise to a victory, their first victory in about a month. Things are looking good, and then Jovinko happens. He scores two goals, adds some pressure to Dallas, but Dallas was able to outlast Toronto, who I think have now lost four in a row. Ives crazy to see them struggling so bad but for Dallas huge victory for them they step a three game winless streak first victory in a month after last week after getting thrashed by Colorado 4-0 big result for Dallas at home oh definitely definitely a big result in Toronto what is going on I mean they get that first win they tease us with they, that win against they, Vancouver I mean think, like, yeah, think, it's funny right when you think about it okay, let's say let's say you you watch the first weekend of the MLS season and then you slipped into a coma, right? <laughs> and then you wake up now, and you wake up today. You wake up today and you're like, man, like, uh, what's happened since I, I've been asleep? I mean, Toronto must be, like, uh, in first place. Vancouver must be in the in the basement. Yeah. And and what's happened since that first game? Vancouver's been on a roll. Uh, they've won their 5-1-1 since that opening loss. And then Toronto has lost four straight matches. And look, to be completely fair, there have been some calls that haven't gone their way. 
that have cost him some results. Look, that Col- we, I, I mean, I put me on the list of the people who thought they were robbed in that with that red card against Columbus. Obviously, it gets Real Salt Lake. They have, they had, you know, there was a call in that game too that cost them the result, um, at least a draw. Uh, but then you go to Chicago, you lose to Chicago. You, you don't really, you know, that one we're not even going to talk about. But uh, I don't know, man. What's going on, Greg Vanny? Is he going to start feeling the heat? Uh, at, at a certain point, you need to start getting results. They they go to Dallas. They lay an egg to start that match, and FC Dallas was all over them. And and you know what? If you're supposed to be a top team, if you're supposed to have all this talent, you can't snooze your way through the start of the match, especially when you're on the road. You know they're going to come at you. They know they're going to swarm you. You know Fabian Castillo is going to go at you. Uh, and for them to just fall into that 3-0 hole, I mean, that you're just looking at this team like, what is the deal? You guys are supposed to be one of the top teams uh, in the league coming in with all this talent, another overhaul, and it looks like just more of the same. And uh, I don't know what's going on with Toronto. As far as FC Dallas goes, they needed this they needed it. They needed a, uh, to, a turnaround performance after just getting embarrassed by Colorado uh, in a game that I know a lot of people were like, well, how, how in the world did that happen? Um, but, you know, I don't know. FC Dallas is a strange one. You know, they're that kind of team that when they click, they can just destroy anybody. But consistency just isn't is, is not always there. And against the top teams, it, it, it's always a bit of a struggle. So uh, credit to them. Castillo doing his thing. But let's talk about the rain delay, right? That because that's I know that's what everyone wants to talk about. Why would you have a however long hour rain delay and then play? What was it? Five minutes and then have halftime. <laughs> that was the most absurd part of this whole thing. The referee really like like I mean, from my understanding, he could have just made it halftime and then started the second half after the rain delay. For whatever reason, that did not happen. That was not the brightest moment, and uh, but but you know, aside from that, Toronto FC with a little nice little rally. Javinko, I think everyone else was asleep. Javinko was the only guy who was awake, and then he, yeah. he worked his he worked his magic. But uh, I don't know, man. Well, Toronto, look, look. Here, here's the thing with Toronto in in, and, and I'm curious on this is Jovinko. I mean, if let's say he continues to play this year, and Toronto FC just struggles. I mean, does he want to even come back for a second season? And the other thing I look at, I mean, Greg Vanny. I mean. I was, how much longer does he have? If Toronto continues to slide for, let's say, what, another month, month and a half? I mean, come on. There's no way Greg Vanny still has his job. Well, look, if it's June and, they, and they're, and they like, really not getting the results, you can, there's going to be some questions. They're gonna, there absolutely are going to be some questions. They have invested too much money exactly. to, have it, to have another season where it's just not working. And I'm not saying fire the guy right now. I mean, it's April. I'm not saying let's fire this guy already. I'm saying a month, in a month, a month and a half from now. Right. I mean, at that point, there will be questions raised if they're continuing on along this route. Uh, I thought they'd be better, and I think they can be better. I mean, I, I, the, the start of that game, there's no, there's no other way to say it. They just, they, they just were asleep. They were asleep. So we'll see if they turn it around. I mean, they, they've got some games. It, it, Orlando's not. They play Orlando next. That's not necessarily. That's not going to be an easy one. Uh, but then they get Philly, they get Houston, uh, a couple of games that, you know, if they're on their game, they can win. So so we'll, let, let's see how these next three games go and uh, if they can get a couple of wins and start to slowly turn it around. And I think Vanny will be OK. But if mm-hmm. they're struggling and it's if it's the beginning of June and, and they have like one, two wins to their record, I mean, he's going to start feeling the heat. Uh, Columbus crew defeated Orlando City three to zero. 
Uh, Federico Higuain scores the opening goal, and then Rafael Ramos on Orlando City gets a red card. And then after that, Ibis, uh, Columbus just dominated 10-man side uh, Orlando City. And same thing for Columbus, man, picking up a victory for them. It's, it's the first victory um, since March 14th, kind of almost in that kind of really same boat as FC Dallas, where they were struggling for a little bit. Uh, so for Columbus at home, very, very, very nice result for them over over ten man Orlando City. That was a big win, and uh, you know I, when when we saw the schedule coming into the week, I mean I looked at that game as as a, would would be one of the more exciting games, one of the more fun games to watch. You get two teams, two of the teams in the league who really try to play and who really try to knock it around and build build attacks and and. Orlando, man, what happened to Rafael Ramos, man? The guy lost his mind. Uh, I don't even understand what happened there, man. The guy, the guy, he get you know, red card, doesn't want to leave the field. He's like storming through the Colorado bench. I mean, the Columbus bench area. <laughs> he was like, uh, I don't know, man. He was throwing like the world's biggest yeah, tantrum. He was throwing a tantrum. tantrum. I, I, I thought, yeah. Where. I mean, I thought he was gonna like grab the ball and like I thought he was gonna pull a Steve Martin in the jerk and just say, "I'm taking this ball and I'm going with you know." Like, I thought he was just not, you know. Good, I he was good movie, play. by the way. Yeah, I mean that's it. Just shows how old I am. That you know that, that's not true. That's a classic. I feel like everyone it's, needs to see that movie. It's an old movie. Let's be honest. But anyway, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, I mean it's uh, you know what Orlando's look. This loss aside, Orlando's done well this season, and I think I know they only have two wins to show for it. But I think they played some good soccer. I think they, there's a lot of promising signs there for them. But this was definitely not uh, you know a good a good piece of evidence. For them, this Columbus win. But for the crew, I think, like, you know, coming into the year, I said, look, the crew, I think they're going to do well. Obviously, when you have, you know, some injuries, some issues, Will Trapp, you know, had his concussion thing and, uh, you know, that he, he's missed a few games. But I, I think the ta- with the talent that they have uh, and with Greg, Greg Berhalter at the helm, I think I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to they're going to continue to be one of the top teams. Uh, Mohamed Saeed has stepped in uh, well and, and, and shown to be a really good option in the midfield. While you're waiting on a Will Trap, because we all know Will Trap's a real important part uh, piece of the puzzle for them, but I think the crew they're going to be they're going to be right there. They're going to be right near the top of the of the Eastern Conference. But for me, for Orlando, um, I still you're still looking at their their forward situation and asking yourself, do they need? Are, are they still needing to go get a forward? Is Kyle Aaron the rookie? Is he really ready to lead the line? So there's still some questions there. But I tell you what, they're a fun team to watch. You can't take that away from them. And New England is starting to pick up the points. They defeated the Philadelphia Union 2-1. to one. New England has now has not lost a game uh, in five matches after starting off the season with back-to-back losses. Uh, Charlie Davies and Teal Bunbury had goals in the game uh, for New England, who, who have picked up a, a good victory over Philadelphia 2-1. to one. No, that's a good win. It's a good win for New England. Uh, they, 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 they're starting to... Uh, get rolling and then uh you know obviously they had that rough start to the season but now you get a jermaine jones back in the fold uh charlie davies finding the net their defense has really come together in in recent weeks and they're looking like the team that you know people thought they would be i mean uh, you know obviously I, uh you know people had them pegged as as supporter shields contenders i picked them to win the supporter shield and then they start off oh two and one you're like what is going on i mean i know you missed jermaine jones but you know some of these results i mean tying montreal uh Losing to NYCFC, uh, you know, you're, you're asking yourself, what, what is this team about? But they really started to put together now. Uh, they've won three out of four, uh, three out of four. And in those three wins, they've scored multiple goals in each of those wins. And I, I think they're really starting to click. I think uh, are they at their their top form yet? No. I mean, I think Jermaine Jones is, is going to settle in and, and really start to show his dominant 
his dominant form, but just having him back, having his leadership, his presence there, it, it just takes him to a different level. I really do. I mean, I think that, I mean, I think he just his toughness and his ability to organize and, and kind of rally the group uh, is going to just show uh, it's going to take him to a new level. And we'll see that, especially once they start to play some of the tougher teams. You need a guy like Jermaine Jones there to be your anchor. And, and I think they're looking good, man. And the Vancouver Whitecaps, they defeated Real Salt Lake 1-0, handing Real Salt Lake their first loss uh, on the season. Darren, Matt, Darren Maddox uh, with the goal in this game. And uh, and Vancouver Ivis, man, they're, they're just running away with the Western Conference. It's, yeah, they're doing all right. They're getting <laughs> results. They're not, I wouldn't say they're like, you know, other than that L.A. game, which I'll, I'll hats off to them, that was a work of art. I mean, they really, they really crushed L.A. Uh, but other than that, I mean, they've really grinded some results. They haven't been pretty... They haven't all been pretty, but they, you know, who cares, right? I mean, they're, they're picking getting, up points. They're, they're picking they're up points. Up, they're racking up the points, and uh, you know, RSL at, at a certain point, you know what? They need to step it up. They're at home. Uh, that's the kind of match you need to win. And and your boy Saucedo with the red card. You want to explain that one, maybe? I mean, that's uh, your you know, he's uh, he's he's a he's a eighteen year old kid, man. I mean, you know, he's he's learning. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, no, Vancouver <laughs> man, Tapio uh, Rivero. Talk about a hell of a signing. I mean, the guy just has such a nose for goal. He didn't score in this game, but he's been he's been great for them. And and, and you see the impact that he has now because teams know. Look, we got to keep our eyes on on Rivero, and he un, so he unsettles opposing teams now, and that's going to free things up for Maddox and and Kakuta Mane and 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 all those guys. And look, another thing about this win to get this win on the road against RSL with uh, Pedro Morales suspended. I mean, that's you know what mm-hmm. hats off to Carl Robinson. That's a big result for them. Yeah, no, definitely agree. And. uh yeah, Salcedo's a kid, man. Come on, Ivis. Why, 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 why are you gonna be dogging on him? You said your piece, man. Why are you even going you, back? Yeah, you gonna be dogging on him? Why are you defending a guy defending boy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you know. You did. You already said it. Man. Look, I agree. I agree. Look, I was just busting your chops. Look, he's a kid, right? It happens. He's eighteen year old. Yeah, plus, that, that wasn't even a red card. That's not even a yellow. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Not even a yellow. If anything, yeah. In my mind. All those boys from the academy. They're perfect, Davis. They do nothing wrong on the soccer field. Um, Seattle defeated the Colorado Rapids 3-1, to one, uh, bring Colorado back down to earth after that big victory over FC Dallas last week. Lamar Nagel uh, had a brace in this game, and then Oba Femi Martins, Ivis, that touch in the goal was just beyond nasty from him. Uh, uh, three points for Seattle on the road. Uh, very good result for them. Yeah, no, I mean they they needed they need to start getting results. I mean they're they're, they're Seattle, they're the Supporter Shield winners. Uh, we needed to start seeing them kind of you know flex their muscles, and and I think in this match they did it. They controlled it. Credit to Siggy Schmidt, he made some 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 good uh, adjustments there in the match to to kind of get them on, onto a different level, and and they they were able to handle Colorado. And look, we all were and most of us were shocked when we saw the Rapids destroy FC Dallas last week, but I don't think anyone realistically saw, uh, saw that kind of becoming a thing and a trend and they were going to get rolling. I think Colorado's still a really flawed team. I think they're going to struggle. Uh, but look, Seattle, I think, is starting to warm up. And I think we're going to, as we get now, April, we're getting into May, getting closer to the summer. The San, I think the Sounders are ready to start rolling. Do you know what the problem is in Colorado? What's that? You know, when uh, Pablo is suspended, Colorado wins. When he comes back, they lose. See, that's the problem I was... He, they, so you're saying they should fire Mashburner? I, I I feel bad. I'm throwing shade on the Arizona guys, Pablo and Greg Vanny. Man, they're just struggling right now. Wow, man, way to way to stand up for your guys, man. Good I'm job there, buddy. dude. Not repping Arizona the well. Uh, in the final game from the weekend, uh, DC United and the Houston Dynamo. Ivis they played. 
to a 1-1 draw. Chris Rolfe had a goal for D.C. Ricardo Clark for Houston, and uh, they played to a 1-1 draw. Yeah, not really much to say about this yeah. game. It was, a bit, it was a bit of a snoozer. Um, but, yeah, no, it's I don't know what to say. DC, DC's, you know, they're grinding along. They're not a pretty team. They just get results. And Houston, I, I'm, I'm just – I haven't – I don't know. I haven't seen it from Houston. You know, I just well, not, we knew that we knew that about Houston, though. No, right, but they're not a fun team to watch. No, man. we also I mean, knew they're, that they're, too. I, I guess, but I mean, like even in Orlando, right? Orlando, Orlando's not getting results, but they're they're fun to watch. They play, they knock it around, they create chances. Kevin Molino's exciting to watch. Kaká, Kaká, but then Houston is just like, uh, here we go. Brad Evans, uh, I mean Brad Brad Davis, yeah. uh, set, set piece. <laughs> oh wait, a corner kick. Oh, Tyler Derrick just made a save. It's just I don't know, man. I need to see more from them. I need. I mean, look. I know Giles Barnes tries tries to do his thing. Um, they need Kubo Torres, man. They need Kubo Torres to get there. It's they need yes. another. I think they need another midfielder, uh, someone creative. I mean, Boniac Garcia, man. I have not seen Boniac uh, show the Boniac we saw when he first got there. I mean, I have not seen that that guy since that since then. And they they, they need that. They need Boniac. All over the field with that energy, creating and, and, and like he, he, I don't know. I need to see more from him because they're. They, I mean, I, I don't know. How are you going to fill that stadium playing playing the ugly soccer that they play? I mean, I just that you know you could say, oh, that shouldn't matter. It does matter. It does, if you want to get people to come out and sit in in a hot ass stadium in Houston where it's like going to be a hundred <laughs> degrees in the summer, you better play some good soccer. And I know it's not easy to play when you know it's a hundred degrees, but right now there's no. I, mean, I don't know, man. They're just not a fun team. It's painful. Yeah, we talked about this. They just don't have any, you know, they don't they don't have a Kaká. They don't they don't have a Jovinko. They don't have a Robbie Keane. When they get Torres, yes, but until then, this is what we knew Houston was going to be. Will he? Will, is he? Is is Torres going to be enough though? That's I, what, I, well, I don't know. I think Houston's well, a decent team. I just think they need someone that can come in and really put the team on their back. We'll see. So man. Maybe Torres can be that. I, I don't know. We'll see. But. I mean, at least they have them coming. You know? it's, rough, it's rough to watch, man. Yeah, it's no, rough. I agree. I agree. Uh, all right, Evan. So moving over to some just general Major League Soccer news. The league announced Tottenham as the MLS All-Star opponent, which will be held at Dick's Sporting Goods Park on July 29th. Uh, Tottenham is the 10th different international club to play the MLS All-Star team. And just how convenient that DeAndre Yedlin will come back after making some appearances in the Premier League. It just, it just works out, Ivis. It's just amazing how it works out for everyone. You're doing that radio voice, man. Is that the radio yeah. voice? Yeah, it comes out sometimes, that. yeah. Yeah, and in yeah. your top 40 hits. Uh, nah, but look. Uh, yeah, man, I mean, <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, I mean, for those who pay attention, uh, I can't, I, I'm trying to remember, who was it that just said back in January that it was going to be Tottenham? <sighs> yeah, I can't remember. It was me, actually. But, uh, but yeah, no, it was, uh, you know what? It's. I know some people were surprised. They're thinking, oh, it's in Colorado. Stan Kroenke, he's the Arsenal owner. Maybe they'll bring Arsenal. Uh, but this has been in the works for a long time. I mean, I first heard about Tottenham. Uh, back in back it, when I was in Portland for the last All Star game is when I first heard that Tottenham was an option, that Tottenham that they were working that and that and from what I was told it was part uh, of the Clint Dempsey deal. Uh, they had worked that out, um, whatever they had to do it finalizing it. They finally were able to finalize it and announce it. And I know some people are going to be like ah, Tottenham, their mid table team. It's not exciting. It's not. It's not you know Man U, Chelsea, Chelsea, Bayern Munich. Uh, it's a little boring, and you know what? You, you know what? I get that. I get that. But at the same time, I mean, there's some ties, obviously, to American soccer. 
I mean, it ties to MLS and Tottenham when you when you think about look, Clint Dempsey played there, DeAndre Edlin plays there, Robbie Keane played there. Uh, if you want to go as far as say, hey, Jurgen Klinsmann played yeah, there. Yeah, you can out Jurgen Klinsmann. Um, Brad Friedel, I know he's about to retire, but you know, and I said this on Twitter the day it was announced, like you know, Tottenham, if Friedel wants to do it, Tottenham and Friedel should work something out and have that be his last game. Have him play in that game, and that's just you know what, and and, and make it kind of almost an informal testimonial. Let him play in that game. For me, I think that that would be the. The icing on the cake. Now, of course, obviously, Brad Friedel's got to want to actually train and, uh, you know, get up for one more game. I mean, I, I'm sure he's ready to pack it in now. I mean, he's he's had a long and illustrious career, but I think that'd be a nice touch to get him in goal for that game. But you know what? It, it, I don't know. It, it, it's I'll agree. It's not as sexy as as if you got a Barcelona or Real Madrid or one of these kind of opponents. Um, but there's something there. I mean, DeAndre Yedlin also Tot- playing. Wait, no, Tottenham's not bad. I, I think it's pretty. Hey, it's, Harry, it's, a, it's a solid team. Harry Kane. Harry Kane's killing, man. Harry Kane's been oh, unbelievable geez. for them. What? What do you got against Harry Kane? Are you kidding me right now? I don't, I don't think the U.S. is ready for that uh, that hype yet. Is how is it hype? The guy's got thirty goals. What are you talking? Hype? The guy's <laughs> killing it. Man. Let's be honest. Man. Oh, You're busy. Man. Listen, it's, it's, too, when it, it's, when too, it, it's too easy, Ivis. <laughs> We all know that when it's the weekend and and European soccer is being played, you're in your garden planting like eggplants or, or peas or something. We, so, pe- you we know, don't have we don't have any eggplants in the garden. <laughs> we have peas. That, so see, there you go. So you, you, I know I know you're not up on your Harry Kane. You I know, relax. Pick him, pick him, you couldn't pick him out of a lineup, but look, it, it, it's not it's not as sexy as some of these past games. I'll agree, but you know what? There'll be some there'll be some redeeming qualities to it. You're so ridiculous. In other news, I was, uh, Mike Petke has joined One World Sports, uh, helping out in the booth for what that is. You're probably wondering what's One World Sports. That They broadcast the New York Cosmos game, so Mike Petke is back in the booth. Uh, doing Cosmos games, uh, good move for him. I mean, look, I, I got to face it, Ivis. I mean, who will be back coaching in Major League Soccer? I, I think very shortly. I mean, I don't know about that, but I, I will say I thought it was when the announcement was made, it was almost like, wow, look at that. It's like the ex- <laughs> it's it, it, the Red Bulls. Obviously, they're winning. Uh, they, they're enjoying life under Jesse Marsh. So it, that's helped ease some of the, the, <laughs> the, the, the kind of block backlash. But I got to believe for some fans, it's a little weird. Uh, and it was a, it, it, it's got to bring a little pain to have Mike Becky hired by the essentially hired by the Cosmos to be there to be one of their TV analysts. And, uh, you know, I was at the I was at the Cosmos home opener and I saw Pecky and, I, you know, I got to say hi to him and 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 and, and see him there. Uh, it was a, it was surreal, man. It was really surreal seeing him at this game instead of being with the Red Bulls. It's just, it's all good. It's still good. It's all still going to take some time. And Hey, you know what? I think it would be great if he got another chance in MLS. And I think, I think with the results alone, I mean, I think he's earned that, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, he wouldn't be the first coach who, who showed some promise and then never got another chance. Um, and it would be unfortunate if he doesn't get another chance, but I think it's good that he's back in the game. You want to? He's a he's a uh, charismatic guy, and he, he's an opinionated opinionated guy. I think he'll do well on TV. But you know what? I, I I think I agree with with most people who would like to see him get one more chance and show mm-hmm. that you know what? It wasn't a fluke. It wasn't about Henri. It wasn't just about Henri and, and the players that he had. It was about him as a coach that he can coach a team. And we'll see if he we'll see if he get another chance. Gets another chance. 
And moving over to the Americans abroad, Ivis Freddie Adu is back. He made his first start in Finland, and it's just now a matter of time before he's called back up to the U.S. men's national team. Stop it, man. Stop <laughs> it. Yes, Freddie Adu is, is back. He made his first start in, in, in a few years now uh, for his uh, the Finnish team cups uh, in their in their league opener. Uh, by by all accounts, he, he he showed well in his first match. He played 65 minutes, and uh, they they won the match 1-0. Look, we know the Finnish league is 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 a lower level league in Europe, but it's a start. It's a it's a place for him to kind of get back on the comeback trail. And um, you know, like, he, like I said, the comeback trail, man. Yeah, because <laughs> look, the whole na- look, we don't have to start <laughs> talking about the national team. We can just talk about the you know climbing back up the ladder. And I know. I know you have your your kind of dueling camps. You have your your that one camp that's like, oh, he's washed up, he's done, he should just retire, and then you have the camp that's like, he can be he can be our you know starting playmaker for the national team again. Um, for me, it's like, look, he's twenty five, he, he's he, he still he still has soccer to play, and and, and 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 it'd be it'd be great to, it'd be a great comeback story if he if he was able to climb back up the up the up the rungs of of European soccer and and became a force again and became a factor again. I still remember the guy who looked so good at the Gold Cup in 2011, and 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 you know you remember, and you know that that skill is there, and you, and it'll be good to see him come back. Uh, Brad Guzan and uh, Aston Villa Ivis are in the FA Cup final. They defeated Liverpool two to one, and they will face off against Arsenal on May. 30th, uh, the last time an American won the FA Cup was Tim Howard with Manchester United, and uh, it would be really cool to see uh, Brad Guzan walk away with the FA Cup as well. No, absolutely, and uh, it was funny. I so yeah, so Brad Guzan has not been starting in the FA Cup. Uh, Shay Given has been starting, uh, you know, as it goes in in the in the competitions when you're over in England, you play so many games. The start the the, the starting goalkeeper usually doesn't play in the cup cup matches. Um, now it's going to be interesting to see. Well, if you're, uh, you know, if you're Sherwood, if you're the manager for Villa, do you stick with Shea Given, who's brought you this far in the competition, or do you go with Brad Guzan uh, and give him the nod? Uh, and it's funny enough, Brad Guzan has been on the other side of this this predicament before, uh, with him and Brad Friedel uh, mm-hmm. when when he was Brad Friedel's understudy, and and he was the guy who who helped uh, help Villa get through their run to the League Cup uh, final, and and then when the final came. Brad Friedel got the nod, so we'll see. We'll see if he gets it, if he gets the start. I, did, I, I will say I thought it was funny. So, you know, after the game ends, you know, like I tweeted out, you know, Brad Friedel and Aston Villa in the final, uh, you know, their their run continues or whatever. And then people were, like, going nuts, like, hey, he didn't even start. He didn't even play. Like, listen, two things. One, if an American gets – I don't care if you're playing or not, if you're an American. If your team gets to the FA Cup final, it means something. It's significant. Number two, it's been such a bad year. For Americans abroad, you take what you can get, okay? So if, if if Brad Guzan, as long as his team is getting the FA Cup final, that's pretty newsworthy. We'll see if he gets the start. It'd be great to see him get a start, especially going into this summer with the mm-hmm. Gold Cup and everything. And now that he is the number one, you'd like to see him get that game, that big high-profile FA Cup final, and potentially beat Arsenal. That'd be, that'd be a great one. But you know what? It, we won't know until then uh, what decision Tim Sherwood would make. So let's uh, keep an eye out for that one. And now it's time to talk about the U.S. men's national team. They defeated Mexico 2-0 to last week, Wednesday. Ivis, you were there at the match in San Antonio. Uh, lots to take from this game. We saw a lot of new faces in this game for the first time up, up close in person. 
Um, we also had an opportunity to see Jordan Morris extended time. And, and for the U.S., Ivis, who, who, you know, just taking this victory as a whole, for the U.S., who've been kind of struggling in 2015, I don't think it's a cause for concern. You know, if the U.S. does not win the Gold Cup, that's a cause for concern. Losing friendlies, mm, to me, it's not the end of the world. But still, nice to see the U.S. over the rivals picking up a Dos Cero victory. Huge for them, huge for Jurgen Klinsmann, huge for the national team. You know, always want to beat your rival. Very, very good result for the U.S. Uh, last week against Mexico. Come on, man. You know what it is. You know how. Look, it's dos acero. You can't say. You can't say dos cero. What is it? Like I, th- I thought version? I said dos acero. Did I, not, did I not say? Oh, okay. Come on, man. Come on, man. Get it right. But uh, no, my, my Spanish. Uh, I was the fact that I was able to, you know, every to pronounce American, that correctly. That every was, American by now should know dos, dos acero. Every every that if you don't know any Spanish, what? you know. I don't dos even. Acero. I don't even. I don't even know what it means. All right. Okay. Well, then. <laughs> but uh, but look, a, a few things. A few th- I mean, it's been a few days now. Everyone's kind of digested this game already. We're a little late since obviously the the show was on on the uh, on our hiatus. But I, I'll add a few things. Number one, l- let's. You're always happy to beat Mexico, right? No matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but this means nothing for the Gold Cup. This is not the Mexico you're going to see in the Gold Cup. No. None of these guys are are, are guys you're going to see in the Gold Cup. Uh, for Mexico. So Mexico is still a very strong team. They're full team. They're still, I would argue, you, they're going to be the favorites in going into the Gold Cup. They're that good. They're a good team, man. They're, they, they've got Hector Herrera's playing out of his mind. Guardado's coming off a strong season. They're going to get Carlos Fella back. It's scary, man. It's it's scary to to, to think the kind of team Mexico's going to be able to put out. Uh, it's going to be a great matchup once you get to the Gold Cup. This Mexico team, very experimental team. Young team, uh, mostly young team, a lot, lot of unproven guys who are trying to earn their way into the group. Um, so the U.S. need they were they were supposed to win. They were supposed to win. They, they if they don't win this game, then it's like what is going on? Especially when you got like five starters from your full a, the full U.S. A team that that were on this. Now enough of a Debbie Downer. It was still good to see in front of uh, what well, was probably like seventy percent Mexico fans in the Alamo Dome. U.S. step up and deliver a result, and I know the field conditions were awful, uh, but it's still it was still good to see. It was still good to see, especially seeing them respond in the second half. Uh, you know, in a game that was still up for grabs, and um, Jordan Morris, man, the college kid, mm-hmm. gets it done. And, and I know it's I gotta say it's been funny the reactions to this this whole development, and people are like, oh my lord, uh, why is a college kid getting called up? Blah blah blah. Now here. The guy, the reason he is a college kid, right? People need to understand this. The reason that he is a quote-unquote college kid is because MLS does not pay millions of dollars to rookies. They do not. They pay, you know, there's a salary structure. Uh, The Seattle Sounders, who have his homegrown player rights, they have wanted to sign him for two years. If it were up to them, they would have signed him after his freshman season at Stanford. Um, But they, you know... they can only offer him so much. They can, you know, whatever they want to offer him. Now, if you're if you're Jordan Morris, your family does, you know, your family doesn't need money. Um, you're at Stanford University, great, one of the best schools in in the country. You're enjoying college life. Um, the, the, Stanford has a pretty good soccer team too. They have a pretty good soccer team. Uh, I spent a week out there in Palo Alto. I could totally see why he would want to leave yeah, there. I don't. Why would um, you ever want to leave college? I mean, right, that's exactly. an obvious point right there. Right. But. <laughs> 
now you would leave it if you were getting offered millions. Exactly. I, mean, I think that, that that would be the thing, and that's why people when some people are like, oh, this you don't see this in Europe, you don't see the, you don't see England, you know European teams. Like, yes, because in Europe the teenagers who were like top prospects, they get money thrown, legitimate half million plus thrown at them. If Jordan Morris was getting offered a million dollars a year, he would be a pro, but he's not because that's just not the reality of MLS, right? So it's not. Uh, this is not an indictment of the national team. This is not an indictment of Klinsman's decision. Jordan Boris is an enticing prospect. Right now, the forward pool is not overflowing with options. Uh, and then when you and also you're talking about a game that wasn't in a FIFA window, right? So if, so if you're mm-hmm. limited to your MLS options, uh, pretty much your MLS options, there's not a ton of forwards. There's not a ton of 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 quality forwards to choose from. So go. Why not take the guy who's probably going to start for you in Olympic qualifying? Why not take the guy who's considered one of the better young forward prospects in American soccer? For the people who know, for people who actually had heard of Jordan Morris before this weekend, uh, before last week, the guy has some tools. The guy. I mean, and now we saw it. We saw it. And then again, I know people want to rag on him and oh, oh, he's just he's just an athlete. He's raw. And yeah, he's raw. He he needs to develop, but the tools are there. The kid can the, the kid has something, no doubt about it. Michael Bradley, who 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 always tempers his expectations, who 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 never who does not give away praise cheaply. He spoke highly of him. He sees qualities in him. Uh, the kids the kids could be something special. So I mean I, I don't I, I find it hilarious that people want to knock on Klinsman for calling the kid in when all those circumstances are there. That's why. That's why. Like, if if, if Seattle's not, if the Seattle Sounders could pay him a million dollars a year, mm-hmm. he would. He could be. He could be in this. He he probably, probably would have signed in the two, in the twenty fourteen season. And right now, he could probably be starting for them. Like with a year as a pro under his belt, with that experience, he probably could be starting right now. But guess what? He wouldn't. You know, he would have given up his Stanford education for a hundred and fifty thousand dollar a year contract. Right. I mean, who who can blame him for not? Jumping on that. I mean, he's enjoying college. He's getting that experience. He will be a pro before long. And and, and I don't know. I, I just think it's funny that, that all the hand-wringing about a co- quote-unquote college kid know, stupid. getting called up, college kid playing. It is not an indictment of it, uh, of, of the national team. It is not uh, – Klinsman – like, I don't know. I, it's hilarious to me. It's hilarious to me. It, 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 it's a completely sensible move it, on Klinsman's pe- part. People, uh, Ivis, as you know this, people are always trying to find ways to throw shade at Jurgen Klinsman now. No matter what he does, no matter what I, he I, says, I guess, he I points guess. and someone can say, oh, look at the way he pointed at that person. I, I, but you know what? Looking stuff, at the dog on it. Right, but you know what? At the end of the day, the guy, he gives young guys chances. Exactly. That's and why I, step, I don't and, get what... And, and they step up. They, yeah. They, they, I mean, Yedlin at the World Cup. I mean, first of all, Julian Yedlin Green, even, John Brooks, Aaron, right. Aaron Johansson. I mean, I mean the list can Yedlin, go on. People Yedlin are, making the team was was a shocker, right? I mean, Yedlin. No, people were like, "Why is Yedlin on the World Cup team?" And then what happened? He looked pretty World good. Cup, he tore it up. So you would think already we've seen a few of these instances where people can just shut the hell up and then see what happens. Keep with people, the it, it, the, the hate, the, I just the hate that I see for Jurgen Klinsmann by some people to me is just insane. And I think well, once well, it, it, look, it's it's crazy to me. I, I'll say that. Look, not to say Klinsman is infallible, not to say no, he doesn't no. do anything wrong. I'm not saying that, but the guy's track record with giving, with with identifying young players, yep. giving them chances. And I know some people will jump on that and say, "Oh, yeah, like Julian Green, he's really planning out." And and, and I'll agree. Oh, look, right. Green needs to show something. Green needs to kind of like start uh, showing the you know more than just that goal against Belgium. I mean, he 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 you know he's his career's obviously hit a bit of a lull, but you know what? You got John Brooks starting in the Bundesliga. 
playing well. You got DeAndre Yedlin making his move over to Tottenham, ma- making the transfer, and actually making his debut for Tottenham last week, which which also should kind of maybe quiet some of the the, the criticisms about him and in, in, in the sense of oh he's he's never going to play there. He's he's not even on their radar. You know he they Tottenham put him him into an important game. Um, so I mean they they do rate him. I mean that's not that's not like complete fantasy. They spent millions of dollars to bring him in because they do value him and rate him. So I mean I, I don't know. For me, Klinsman's track record with the young guys should you should I think it deserves a little bit more respect. So when you get a Jordan Morris called in, instead of saying why in the hell is this kid coming in, it should be more well he must be coming in for a reason. Let's see what he's got. And I tell you what. He showed he showed pretty well against Mexico. All right, Ivis. When you look at the rest of the field, though, after after we spent ten minutes talking about Jordan Morris, <laughs> uh, I, I thought some other guys really impressed in this match. I thought Ventura Alvarado uh, looked looked pretty good. DeAndre Yenlin, um, Omar Gonzalez. I mean, I mean, you had you had a lot of a lot of positive performances, Ivis, from a lot of different guys in this match. Uh, of course, you mentioned Alvarado first. The Phoenix kid, of course, man. Nah, just kidding. Uh, now, he's, Alvarado, he's man, good. He, he's impressed me. He's impressed me. And, uh, you know, I had a chance to talk to him uh, before that game. Uh, I had to sit down. I had a one-on-one interview with him uh, and, and wrote a pretty uh, long feature on him for Gold.com. You should definitely check it out. It gives you good insight into his path to the pros. And, and it's unbelievable to think that here's a kid who, at 14, when he was 14 years old, mm-hmm. he goes to Mexico City and lives by himself for uh, two weeks trying to get an academy deal with Club America. And he he, he, realized, he, realized, he got in there he, and he put his years in and here he is. It's all coming together for him now. Uh, and I know there were some questions about him, like, you know, how good is he? How does he rate against the other guys? I mean, he's got to be pretty decent if he's playing regularly at Club America, one of the top teams in, in, in CONCACAF. Um, and he looked good, man. He looked good against Mexico. And, and right now he has made the center back – competition and even more crowded competition i mean let's think about it you got now you got alvarado you got omar gonzalez matt beasler jermaine jones jeff cameron john brooks i mean you got so many you got i mean what are you talking about jermaine jones is a midfielder ivis come on jermaine jones is a center back as far as jurgen klinsman is concerned (laughs) and jurgen klinsman's opinion is what matters and i for me i still think a healthy jermaine jones is going to get on the field for the U.S. and I think Klinsman wants to play him at center back. Now, having said that, thinking longer term, Ventura Alvarado, man, he's looking like a guy. And it's one game against a, a Mexican C team, so you temper the the expectations a bit. Yes. But having said that, for him in his first start for the national team, playing in front of a, a, a pro Mexico crowd, uh, he 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 looked good, man. He looked good. He's a confident kid. Uh, and he's still young. He's 20, 21 years old. That's the crazy part that he's he's already won the title in Mexico. He's about to play in the CONCACAF Champions League final at 21. For me, you put this kid on your Gold Cup roster um, because you know what? He he is the future. He is one of the guys who can when you when you know, I know tw- talking about 2018 is always a little crazy because hey, it's three years away. It's far away. But guess what? It's far away. But it'll be here before you know it. And a kid like Alvarado, you're talking a 21 year old. Three years from now, three years of playing for Club America, playing at that kind of high level, uh, he can be your guy. And it's going to be great to see the competition between him and Omar Gonzalez or maybe see them together as we saw against Mexico. But the kid, I, I tell you what, it's early, but he he looks legit. And I would say for as much crap as, as Michael Bradley does get from time to time, I thought this is one of his best performances for the U.S. in, in quite a considerable amount of time. And uh and we all know, I mean, when Michael Bradley's, when, you know, when things are going for him, things are going for the U.S. men's national team. You know, I, it's really big. 
uh, to have Michael Bradley, you know, turn in good performances for the Gold Cup for the U.S. and and a performance like this against Mexico. I mean, hopefully, it spews into something uh, for Michael Bradley that they can sustain throughout the entire Gold Cup. It spews into something? That doesn't sound good. That does not sound good at all. <laughs> it, spews into, any... it spews into something good, as I meant to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, anything spewing is probably not good. But anyway, um, yeah, you know, look, Bradley, hey, you know, it, I don't get it, man. And, 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 and maybe, look, there's always going to be varying opinions, but it's just amazing to me how the, the level of criticism that some people get. And Bradley, I mean, I, I, I thought he played really well. I thought he was the best player to US, on the U.S. team. Uh, 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 that seemed to be the consensus the day after the game uh, by everyone who rated the game. But then during the match, you had people crushing him because of turnovers, because it's just like the guy has to be perfect. It's like they think he's supposed to be shabby and complete 100 of 100 passes. Otherwise, he is just terrible. He's not good. And I get it. Not everybody agrees that he should be playing an advanced midfield role. I get that. I get everybody wants to see him this screwed in advanced role. They want to see Bradley deeper. Nobody likes the idea of Bradley as a playmaker except Klinsman. Klinsman likes it. Um, but the guy deserves a little less criticism than he's gotten from and some people. And you know what? At the end of the day, some people just do not like Michael Bradley. Some uh, There's that collection, that handful of fans who, for whatever reason, just can't stand the guy. And I think it's silly. Uh, is he perfect? No. It, 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 does he commit some turnovers? It, it's particularly when he's in that advanced midfield role. Yes, he does. But the guy was all over the field. He was all, he was everywhere, breaking up plays, making himself available. It, when when you have the ball as much as he has, he's there's going to be some turnovers. He's gonna he tries things. He tries to, to to make passes for me, and I've said it in the past a lot of times. Michael Bradley sees the right play. He sees the right pass. But his teammates don't always make the right runs. They don't always read the plays the same way. He's For me, he's on, he is on a different level than most of his teammates. And and a lot of times he gets, he gets trapped in that situation where, okay, I got the ball. I got pressure coming my way. I know what I need to do. I need to put the ball here. But guess what? If your teammate doesn't read the situation the same way, doesn't make the run to put himself in the spot – the ball is going to get turned over. And it's not always Michael Bradley's fault. I mean, does he make his own unforced mistakes? Yes, he does. Uh, he's not perfect. He's not, you know, in yes, in his prime, Xavi in his prime, you know, converting 100% of his passes. But I think people need to look at some of these plays. I would say record the match. If you want to really get on Michael Bradley, record the match, watch it again, watch his decision making, watch what his teammates are doing, and then maybe you can get a better understanding of, why he makes the pass that he makes, why the pass doesn't come off sometimes, and why it is, and why it's not always his his doing, and why it's not always him making the wrong decision. Because for me, he makes the right decision way more often than he does. And I was uh, one person who is just he, <laughs> everything he says is just fantastic. Mexico head coach Miguel Herrera. Uh, I heard he was pretty fantastic after the match. What do you, what do you have to say? It, you know what he he put it he tried to put it all in perspective and obviously you know the the Mexican media they're not they're not going to be happy about another dosa cero so you know there were some interesting questions in there and he 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 I love the guy because he's just he doesn't hold back man and he 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 doesn't BS I mean he tells it like it is uh, you know he said it flat out the U S played better the U S were the better team and then but at the same time you know he's like we'll see them again we'll see them in the Gold Cup final I mean he just put it out there he's like yeah we'll be there. Like he's got that swagger to him, and it's pretty funny. He he, he's a confident guy, and and I think he's he's been a great manager for Mexico, and I think they're gonna be a, they're gonna be uh, a handful at the Gold Cup, man. I'm telling you, people need to understand this, and I know 
all the all the dos acero results have the u.s fans feeling pretty good and feeling kind of invincible when it comes to mexico but the mexico team we're going to see at the gold cup is going to be a problem they're going to be a handful and they're not the only team either go uh, costa rica is going to be a handful as well costa rica is a team that you know they they could cause some problems uh, absolutely i mean anyone who saw them at the world cup knows i mean that team even though they're under a new manager manager now in paulo anchope uh, they're still they still have Brian Ruiz, they still have uh Keylor Navas, Celso Borges, Giancarlo Gonzalez. They 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 they're stacked. But Mexico under Herrera, they they're they're gonna be fun to watch. I mean, I've seen most US fans can't can't look at them that way, but they're gonna be they're gonna be a threat, man. They're absolutely a threat to knock off the US. And I just one more final thing before we wrap up today's SBI show. The Cosmos had their first home game. Uh, in NASL play, it looked like a packed house. Raul was there, Pele was there, you were even there. Uh, it looked like an awesome night in New York. It was, it was, it was good. To, I mean, it's a bit of a hike. I did, I did, it is interesting to me that it takes me almost—it takes me like ten minutes, almost as long to get to the, the Cosmo Stadium as it does to take takes me to get to PPL Park, which it, for the Union, it's pretty crazy. But no, it was it was a great atmosphere. Uh, you know, obviously Raul's home debut. Uh, they they sold the place out, uh, and that's look, Cosmos man, they're a good team. Uh, and, and obviously, you're, you're always asking, uh, how do they compare to MLS, and what what what's that matchup like? And I tell you what, I would love to see the Cosmos against NYC, NYCFC against the Red Bulls this year. Hopefully, with the Open Cup, they get matched up against one of those teams, and we can get a really good sense. And hopefully, that both teams play their full strength squads, as we know last year. Uh, you know, the, the Red Bulls were, didn't, you know, Henri didn't play in the game. Um, but we'll see, man. This Cosmos team's fun to watch. And Raul, even though, look, Raul, it's, it, he's not the Raul of, of his prime at Madrid. We all get that. But the quality's there. Uh, he, he's kind of playing more of the role of provider. And, and it's a fun team to watch, man, between him, Marco Senna, Danny Zatella. You can't forget about him. I know people who don't follow NASL but follow the U.S. and MLS. Remember the name Danny Zatella? The guy has is, is, is gone to the Cosmos and, and had himself a really good run with them playing at a high level. Uh, Walter Restrepo, he's another name to watch. I tell you what, overall I would tell people – NASL is 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 improving and is at a level now where people should if you have time I would recommend watching it and now they show the NASL matches on ESPN3. So I mean mm-hmm. if you have access to ESPN3 and I feel like a lot of people do you can see all the matches on there. It's it's a great setup and they're a fun team to watch. Tampa Bay is a good team even though they got smoked by, by the Cosmos. They're a good team. You, there's a lot of uh, M- MLS alumni on that on that team as well. So it's it's a league that's growing, and even though Minnesota is heading to MLS in a couple of years, and I know people are like, uh-oh, what's going to happen in NASL? I think it's a league that, that that's getting stronger, and and it and that's good for American soccer. It's good to have another league. It can't just be all about MLS. You 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 want to have a little bit of competition, a little bit of a another option for for players to develop in. And I think NASL is growing pretty well. And with that, it ends today's SBI show. I was it was good to get back uh, back back uh, back in the saddle with you, man, and start doing SBI shows again. It's quite nice. Yeah, man. It's uh, hopefully we can get back on a nice run and. Uh, you know, get back. I mean, it was great. I tell you what, episode two hundred, I thought went really well. It was good to get some guests, and and hopefully we can get into that routine. I, I don't, you know, obviously we're not going to get guests every show, but mm-hmm. I, I know people responded well to, to us having that kind of mix of a player, coach, media personality. It'd be good to get that in there, get that flowing. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can get back on this routine. I will say it, it has been great uh, to, to to get a, an idea of just the. 
the reaction to the show and the following of the show just in the travels over the past month just running into people and, and and so many people ask about the show and that and that that's great i mean it makes me feel good i'm sure you agree it's yeah. a great feeling to know that people listen to the show and and it it becomes a it's become a part of so many people's routines and and that definitely makes me want to keep it rolling so hopefully we can uh, keep that keep that going yes and and ivis and i do you know we, we do apologize for not having a show over the last month uh, I mean, we try numerous times. Our schedules are crazy, and and yes, it's it's nice to always see reaction. I mean, people kept hitting me up on Twitter asking where the show was. So, uh, look, this, you're listening to the show now. So we'll continue to keep doing the SVI show. So, Ivis, um, with that, anything anything else before I let you go? Uh, let you go for the week. Now nah, that's it, man. We'll uh, we'll get back on the horse. Hopefully, uh, drop the next show on Friday morning. Yes, yes, yeah. Friday morning is when yeah we will drop the next show. So, Ivis, with that said, have a, have a good week, man, and I'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, you can always give us a review on iTunes. Just search SBI Show on iTunes. You can subscribe to the show there. Uh, we always appreciate all the reviews and all the comments and everything you do to support uh, the show. That is Ivis Glarsip. I am Garrett Cleverly. This is the SBI Show.